Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Mike Wells. We are filling in for the guys on today's show. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports. That's me at Mike Wells NFL. That's him. You can also join the conversation on the CC call in line at one triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. In a moment, we will read between the lines of Laker owners Jeannie Buss's tweet, a very emotional tweet about Kobe Bryant. What does it mean? We will unpack that. But first, we have been asking you on the call in line. Do you want to see Kevin Durant going back to the Golden State Warriors? It's a possibility. The Warriors might have the best package to offer the Brooklyn Nets in a trade. The phone line is lighting up. Chris is in Maine. Chris, what do you got on Kevin Durant? Well, I I had a hot take of what if the Lakers of all teams traded for KD and not Kyrie leaving Kyrie in behind outside looking in? Well, I I think that the Lakers, Mike, would want all the help the Lakers can get. The problem is, how do you make it work? Now, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook straight up actually works for the money with Kyrie, I believe. I don't know if you can make it work with KD. What do you think of KD potentially joining the Lakers? Is that that what Jeannie Buss's tweet meant, Mike Wells? We'll figure it out in a moment. The Lakers do not have anything that the Brooklyn Nets would want to have. You can't well, say Anthony draft Davis, the, right? Yeah, well, okay, you know, the reality is I don't trust Anthony Davis to play more than 20 straight games in a row before he tweaks the ankle, tweaks the hamstring. That's something that's going to shut him down for several weeks. They don't have – the Lakers don't have first-round picks for who knows how long because they've been giving them up in trades. I mean, even with Kyrie, obviously Kyrie and Russell straight up would, would work, but if I'm a team, I'm not – I'm not saying I'm trading any any of my star players to the Lakers because from a young core value standpoint, there's nobody on this roster that I want to touch. I mean, Anthony Davis is, is the only one, but then that goes back to his inability to stay healthy. So you keep hearing about, okay, Lakers this, Lakers that. If I'm LeBron James, I'm saying, hey, Jeannie Buss, you take that, that cryptic tweet you just sent me and go find me some, some, some players to put around me because they're in a tough situation. The Lakers are going to have a hard time getting players from a financial standpoint, and they don't have young players to give up to get a star player. So I, I just, I'm not a big believer of hearing all this hype about Lakers this, Lakers that. I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie going there for Russell, that may be about it. Because listen, I would love to if I'm a Lakers, let's get rid of Russell in that forty plus million dollar contract because he's not the same player he was before. But beyond that, what else is out there that anybody around the league will want off of that roster? It's just Anthony Davis or LeBron James. <laughs> that that would be the other possibility here. I mean, if you traded away LeBron, now but we're talking. Could, now you, you can actually make yeah. KD work on the Lakers. Uh, so that's interesting. You're not going to do LeBron like that unless LeBron wants to be traded away. And we don't have that information yet. And listen, LeBron and the Lakers, like I said, we will be getting into that situation in a second because there's a lot to unpack there with his potential extension coming up that he can sign at the beginning of August. It doesn't seem like he's intending to, but... 
But with Anthony Davis, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets probably aren't going to get a player as good as Anthony Davis anywhere else. I mean, when he is healthy, we're talking about a top 10 player in the league. Now, not the youngest player that they would get offered to them, not the youngest all-star they would get offered to them. We know how great Anthony Davis is. They do have first round picks, but like you said, not for a long time, right? It's 2027 and 2029. So the package would literally have to look like AD plus our 27 and 29 first rounders, but then you still have a problem with the salary cap, you'd have to find a way to also move Westbrook's contract, which has been the whole problem with the Los Angeles Lakers. So let's actually get into the Los Angeles Lakers and man and Benjamin, all of you hanging out on the call in line right now. I see you. You want to still talk about Kevin Durant. We will get to your phone calls. Triple eight, say ESPN, but the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, Mike Jeannie Bush, she tweeted out something very interesting the other day. She tweeted out, I miss Kobe Bryant. He would understand and explain everything that I'm not allowed to. Honesty, honestly, he was the greatest Laker ever. He understood team over self, meaning your rewards would come if you valued team goals over your own. Then everything would fall into place. All can reply. A lot of people have jumped to the conclusion that that tweet, in addition to honoring Kobe, is directed at Russell Westbrook or maybe even Anthony Davis. The only player I could see that tweet being about is LeBron James because who else on that team are you putting in the same conversation as Kobe Bryant? Like who else could you possibly compare to the greatness of Kobe Bryant outside of LeBron James on that team? Stop. People need to stop. The the LeBron protectors need to stop protecting him because you can't sit here and insult Kobe Bryant and his legacy by saying he was talking about Russell Westbrook. Jeannie Buss was talking about Russell Westbrook or Anthony Davis. It's Got it has to be LeBron. It has to. I mean, there's there's no other person in that organization that can be, you know touch anything that Kobe did outside of LeBron. And people the are, fact that I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, people are questioning it because they're saying, well, LeBron's not a selfish player. Well, which and you know LeBron, you know, I don't personally believe LeBron's a selfish player. I mean, think about the fact, you know, what he does on the basketball court, and you know, the people may get upset the way he plays or whatnot. But I've never had Two words go together, selfish and LeBron. Those are two mm-hmm. words that I've never put together when it comes to talking about LeBron James. So my thing is, if, if Jeannie should probably come out and clarify who she was talking about or you know, or say, no, I was not talking about LeBron in this situation, come out and speak up on it. And That's clear not the how air it works, Mike Wells. That's not we, how we, yeah, I, I know. Listen, I, I, try to, I try to think too logical. I try to think too logical, Amber, about. and say, you know what? Uh, you know, it's July, free agency, and Lakers aren't doing anything. Why would Jeannie want to come out and say, I'm not talking about LeBron. We want to make things perfect so we can get back on track and get back to the playoffs. I don't know what the hell I'm thinking, thinking that way. I'm sorry. Here's here's exactly. Well, that's not how subtweeting <laughs> works. We know how this works. It does feel like she's subtweeting somebody. The reason that I think it's LeBron, even though she's saying he understood Kobe, understood team over self. So it sounds like she's talking about somebody who she's deeming as selfish in some sort of manner. And LeBron is not a selfish player. However, Again, LeBron has this potential extension coming up at the beginning of August that he could sign. And it seems like maybe LeBron has no intention of doing so. Now, if he did so, that would provide them some more flexibility moving forward and more of a plan and also maybe more of a plan in moving Russ's contract or bringing in another asset and, and figuring out how to kind of toggle things right now because they're so up against it in terms of the t- uh, uh, in terms of the cap. But if he's not willing to make any sort of commitment longer term to the Lakers than he already has, then he's putting them in a 
difficult situation. And I think that's what she was referring to. I, I, it's all I can imagine she's referring to because although people want to pile on Westbrook, I mean, I, I mean, first of all, he wasn't even the main problem down the final stretch there when they were trying to make the postseason. But we pile on Westbrook because of that contract. And yes, he did opt into that contract, but it would be ridiculous for her to expect him not to opt into that. Like, anybody would have opted into that contract Mike Wells like if you're Russell Westbrook you're opting into the 47 million dollars or whatever it was everybody knew he was going to opt into that and then Anthony Davis's problem doesn't seem to be self does it I mean maybe I guess if you don't feel like he's keeping himself in shape enough and that's part of the injury concerns with Anthony Davis but it feels like this tweet was directed at somebody other than just honoring the late Kobe Bryant coming up next. What is the most impactful move of the NBA offseason so far? Plus we will get to more KD phone calls, triple eight, say ESPN. This is Canty and Carlin passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reports Kevin Durant wants to be traded away from the Brooklyn Nets. There was a sense of inevitability, I think, around the Nets and around Kevin Durant that this day was coming. I think it's about time that Kevin Durant severed ties with Kyrie Irving as teammates. There's going to be a trade, and it's just a matter of where he winds up. If, if Kevin Durant is on the first train out, uh, Kyrie Irving will be on the caboose as far as the Nets are concerned. I think it's very likely that not only Kevin Durant, but Kyrie Irving have played their last games for the Nets. Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. We have been asking you, do you want Kevin Durant back with the Golden State Warriors? There's lots of rumors out there that maybe the Warriors would have the best package to offer the Brooklyn Nets. You can give us a call, Triple Eight, say ESPN. Benjamin is in Phoenix. He has been patient. Benjamin, what do you want see? What do you want to see happen here with Kevin Durant? Well, I don't even know if it's just what I want to happen here. We really have to think it through. Golden State just doesn't make any sense at all. You know, although I think he's coming to Phoenix, but let's kind of play the Golden State out thing real, uh, thing out real quick. Steph Curry doesn't want him there. He already there's a reason why he said this championship that he just had meant the most to him. He did it without Kevin Durant. He came over injuries. They don't want him there. Why would they mortgage their future? They just want a title without him. What makes the most sense and what's going to happen is he's going to end up in Phoenix. And I know that would maybe sound like a homer or anything, but I don't mean to. Try to stay as unbiased as I can. I work down in the media here as well. Who offers a better a better uh, uh, package than these picks that the Suns have, which they have all their first-round picks, pick swaps, four first-round picks, three pick swaps, expiring contracts like Campaign, Jay Crowder, Mikel Bridges, maybe a three-team deal. And let me throw this out there before you guys kick me off the air, which I know you guys have to do. 
What if Brooklyn and Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns, Utah has a lot of interest in DeAndre Aiden. What if Aiden, in a three-team deal, goes to Utah, Utah takes those picks that they just got from the Timberwolves, send them over to Brooklyn, along with Donovan Mitchell getting their young star, and the Suns end up getting Kevin Durant. That's a deal that I think I could wrap my head around. You have a disgruntled star in Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell. Send Mitchell over there with these picks that they got, the picks the Suns will send as well. Mikael Bridges, maybe. Who says no to that? DeAndre Ayton goes to Utah. And I think that's a deal that could really work out. And I'm curious to hear your guys' opinion on that. And that's what I think will happen. Yeah, I think Donovan Mitchell might say no to that. But a lot of people are using Utah as a third team in a three-team trade. And the reality is... Mike, that one of these deals might get done with a three-team trade. Though Phoenix being reportedly on the top of Kevin Durant's list there, I mean, we know he gave them only a two-team list with Phoenix and with Miami. And with Phoenix, they do have the bright young stars, the DeAndre Ayton situation. We know what's happened there. Mikhail Bridges, you know, Cam Johnson, they've got picks. They've got first round just straight up 2024, 2026. So they've got picks that they could go ahead and package together for a deal there for KD some people think that that's the deal that's already you know maybe been in the works uh, so to speak air quotes there Uh, so no tampering there you know how that works though Mike Wells but there are things that could be more fanciful that we're not even considering with like a three-team deal and by the way the Miami Heat there was reporters down there in Miami who were reporting that the Heat had made an offer for Donovan Mitchell so maybe there's a little of that going on with the Heat in a deal as well. First, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the scenarios that my man Ben gave so that Kevin Durant can end up in Phoenix, where he said where Ben lives, where he says he's not a homer at, but everything had lined up for Durant to get down there. Packages go. I mean, I, I've been, since we opened the show, talking about who has the best options for him. I, I can't find it. I'm still going to. I'm going to ride with the Golden State as far as packages goes. I know Utah got a bunch of draft picks out of it. Uh, out, of, out of the out of the uh, Rudy Gobert trade, um, but I, I would love to see KD play alongside uh, Devin Booker and old man Chris Paul. But I, I just think that's going to be tough. We have I, we haven't talked about this. I know you guys don't understand. Amber and I are on Zoom, so I can see what she's wearing right now, and she is sporting a Miami Heat hat. And the last time her and I did a show together, the Heat were in the Eastern Conference Finals, and she was rider, and I, I was with her because I, I always felt like the Heat weren't getting the type of res- respect they deserved in the East because they were the number one seed for so long. Um, I was ride or die for my team, Mike Wells. <laughs> yeah. Those were, th- what, those what, were what, good what? days, Mike Wells. Those were good days <laughs> until Jimmy just didn't drive to the darn basket on that final no. shot in the Boston Exactly, Celtics but I mean, winning. what would you get if you're Pat Riley, what are you giving up to get Kevin Durant? Well, so I I do think that Phoenix maybe has the easier trade package to offer than Miami, right? And I think that's why a lot of people, again, for whatever reason, you know, it's the Miami Heat. Everyone's just, like, brushing them aside, even though they were on Kevin Durant's list. There was two teams on the list. I feel like everyone thinks he's going to Phoenix, uh, La- just like Benjamin and Phoenix. Miami. Just, just that, well, lack of respect again. But also because it is <laughs> a little bit easier for Phoenix to put together a package than it is for Miami, and that's the reality of it. Like, a Miami package right now, straight up, not given, I could see a Miami deal would have to involve a third team, a three-team type deal, because the real problem with Miami is they can't trade BAM to Brooklyn because of Ben Simmons. Now, everyone keeps saying that because of that whole rookie extension issue. You can't have two designated rookie extensions uh, who have both been traded to the team, and, and Ben Simmons has that designated rookie extension that he signed 
So it has Bam, and so you can't have both guys get traded to the Brooklyn Nets. It's a weird, wonky rule. I don't, I've never had anybody explain to me why that rule even exists, but it does here, so Pam, Bam can't just get traded unless they get rid of Ben Simmons, which if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm considering doing at this point if I'm in a full reload. But the package, Mike, would have to look like Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, a 2023 first, a 2028 first. So you'd have to wait longer for that second first rounder than you would with Phoenix. Tyler Hero, I think, is like the best name in that mix out of young stars. I mean, you are talking about the sixth man of the year. But there is a report out there that Kevin Durant says that he only wants to go to Miami if Kyle Lowry's there and Bam's there and Jimmy's there. And it's like, okay, well, not everybody can be there. Like, you've got to trade somebody away for you, Katie. It's like, this ain't how it works. And, and here's the, sometimes I sit and wonder, I don't think Katie, Katie doesn't realize he's not driving the bus in this situation. Uh, he, he, may, he was the one that went to the front office to, and requested the trade. You know, props to him for going in person and talking to the front office about this, but – He's not going to dictate where he's going to end up. The Nets are going are to have to be selfish and say, Katie, yes, we will trade you, but you have to realize we're going to do what's the best interest for our organization, the best interest, the interest to get fans into the Barclays Center again. Isn't It is not about you anymore. It's not about him, but we are we do know that this is a superstar driven league. He's got four years left on the deal. Normally in these situations, the player has a year left on his deal. And so the concern is if you trade me somewhere I don't want to go, you're sitting out. Could a player sit out for four years? I mean, it seems really unlikely that he would even sit out for a year under a four-year contract. So there's that component of it that makes this KD situation very interesting. But then there is also the conversation, what would it look like if you're the Brooklyn Nets and you send Kevin Durant somewhere he really doesn't want to be? So we will continue to get into this Kevin Durant potential trade destination discussion. There is still a ton to be had there. But there's also big storylines going on in the NFL. We are in the midst of our two-a-days here on ESPN Radio. What are the expectations for the Jaguars in their first year under Doug Peterson? Let's talk some NFL next on Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days. An in-depth preview of every team in the National Football League. Two teams every day as we storm towards training camp. NFL Two-A-Days continues on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA has dominated the show, but let's get into some NFL talk with Mike Wells, Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys. We are taking you up until seven o'clock Eastern. You can tweet to us at Amber W sports at Mike Wells NFL. So we are starting our ESPN radio two a days, Mike, where we will be taking a couple teams every day, breaking them down as we head towards training camp and the start of the NFL season. Let's focus right now on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And for this, we're going to do a little SWAT which is strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats. So I want you to go ahead and break down the Jags. 
with strengths first. What do you think is the biggest strength now for an improved Jacksonville Jaguars team? Get excited, Jags fans. <laughs> well, first of all, the Jaguars are upset that Carson Wentz is no longer in the AFC South playing for the Indianapolis Colts. But the biggest strength, obviously, is I'm with, the two biggest strengths, in my opinion, are head coach hiring Doug Peterson. Peterson is a winner. Came from the Philadelphia Eagles where he won a Super Bowl in 2017. And quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he came on strong late in the season. Um, obviously, when you're playing for such a horrible franchise like the Jaguars, it's hard to win. And they've been trying so hard to try to get things going. If you look at simply at his stats, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, you could say it was a horrible rookie year for Trevor. But he's going to continue to grow and mature. So those are the two biggest strong suits in my eyes. And the fact that Jacksonville was able to go out and get some help on the offensive line. They went out and, re- and gave Cam left tackle Cam Robinson a new contract. Now he's able to protect Trevor Lawrence's blind side. Um, so that's a start. Uh, but the biggest piece, in my opinion, is getting an experienced head coach and Ur- I mean, excuse me, almost said Urban Meyer. Oh, Oof. my God. I was he about was to, not I, an experienced I mean, head coach. Not Doug, Doug Peterson and getting rid of Urban Meyer. Yeah, That's what I meant a, to say, in, Entirely inexperienced head coach <laughs> when it comes to the NFL level, which uh, it was certainly part of the problem there when it came to Urban Meyer and, and certainly, the, allegedly, how he interacted with, with some of his staff, right? But I agree with you when it comes to Doug Peterson because I think that when you bring in a coach, a Super Bowl winning coach, a coach with the experience that Peterson has, that's exactly what you need to right this ship. We know how tumultuous last season was for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Trevor Lawrence has gotten a bit of a pass because of it. Let's be real. We didn't get anything out of him. He's supposed to be a generational quarterback. If anybody's going to get something out of him, it's going to be Doug Peterson. So at least you know you have the right coach in place. You can feel pretty confident that you have the right coach in place to foster the rest of that team but to really foster who should be your star quarterback because you shouldn't have any question marks at the quarterback position Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be a can't miss they also did some other things though to help out their quarterback so I'll go ahead and and put some of the strengths just in the pot of what they did because they were big money spenders this offseason Mike and wide receivers Christian Kirk you know they Brandon Scherf they they shored up that defense even more as well Uh, even even in the secondary, they spent some money, plus the first-round picks that they had in Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd. So that defense should be much improved as well. So there's other areas, the weapons with Trevor Lawrence, and then defensively as well. But let's talk about the weaknesses of that team, Mike Wells. What is the biggest weakness to you of this Jacksonville Jaguars team? The biggest weakness in my eyes, Amber, is this franchise doesn't know how to win. They've been to the playoffs one time since 2007. That's when they lost in the conference finals to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game when they had Tom Brady and New England on the ropes in the second half. They, this is just not a winning organization. That is, that is the biggest weakness in my eyes is they don't have – they're not used to winning. Winning is like a foreign concept for this organization. And the fact that, you know, you, you can't have your franchise quarterback – get hit and get sacked as many times as Trevor Lawrence did last season. They have to do a better way, or do a better job of protecting, I guess, getting Cam Robinson back, but he can't be sacked 32 times, which forces him to make some bad throws, 17 interceptions. you got to protect the franchise. That is the key. 
I think their biggest weakness is I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is good. I mean, I know we were oh all sold on Trevor Lawrence. I get it. Everybody, you can't miss. You can't miss. I mean, first of all, I mean, there's been plenty of can't misses taken at number one in drafts that ended up being big misses. But everybody was so sure about Trevor Lawrence as just the generational can't miss quarterback. And I have no idea if he's any good because most generational can't miss quarterbacks don't have the season he had last season, even in their first year, even with a, a head coach and everything that surrounded that franchise and all the change I don't know I know he didn't have a good team around him I also know number one picks never go to good teams so I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is any good I feel like he's gotten a pass so far I feel like that pass runs out a bit now that you have Doug Peterson at the helm I'm not saying that this is going to be a great team that's around Trevor Lawrence right but it is going to be a much improved team so I will still put the biggest weakness there just because it's the most important position and I have questions. I just don't know if they actually hit on that pick yet. What's the biggest opportunity for this Jags team? Biggest opportunity is the fact that they play in the AFC South. Oh, we agree um, on this. That, we got the same opportunity. A, Look at us. That is that is a very that's an opportunity. I think the Colts are the favorite to win the division after acquiring Matt Ryan from Atlanta. I feel like the Tennessee Titans took a step back by trading away AJ, receiver AJ Brown to the Philadelphia. Eagles, I'm not a big believer in Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. So the opportunity to go from worse to potentially second in the division is there. And if they're able to make that leap from fourth to second, that is gives optimism for those folks down there in Jacksonville. Note I did not mention the Houston Texans because they are a complete utter mess down there. So the opportunity is gonna be there. The problem is the Jaguar, ah, you know, I'm gonna say positive. I don't want I don't want to kill them too far. I just think playing in the AFC South, it gives them a great opportunity. This is supposed to be the opportunity, opportunity portion yes. of SWAT, Mike Wells. I'm, I don't want I don't want to kill them. A chance we don't need to, to kick them up. when they're down, okay? <laughs> this is when we're supposed to be uh, pumping up Jags fans right now during this portion of this segment. I also had it being that they're playing in the AFC South and that the Houston Texans are in that division. So they're probably not going to be the worst team this season in that division. Now, the Texans actually did do some stuff as well to improve this offseason. But at least with the Jags, because of all the money they spent and because of every area that they did try to improve in, you do have a belief if you're a Jags fan that maybe you won't finish at the bottom of your division for once and there are question marks surrounding even the Colts there are question marks but like you said surrounding the Titans as well so I do think that that is an opportunity so to speak what's the biggest threat for the Jags this season Ooh, we the biggest threat for Jack for Jacksonville to impede their progress is simply the AFC West they are about to play the AFC South is facing the toughest division in the NFL now they're going to have to find – their defense is going to have to take a step up and find a way to stop Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, and Patrick Mahomes. You're potentially looking at four losses right there um, in, in the division. So that's – I mean, it, for their record, it's going to be tough facing the AFC West. That's the worst thing that could happen to the Jaguars this season after getting a head coach that's trying to bring a winning tradition down to North Florida slash Georgia. I think the Jags have won something like four games in the last two years combined. So any like ex, any extra wins here, if we get more than three, we're winning if we're the Jacksonville Jags, right? But I think that the biggest threat is the O-line. And I know you had mentioned the signing of left tackle Cam Robinson before. They also did bring in Brandon Scherf in free agency. That's a good pickup. They did draft a center in the third round, I believe, of this draft. But I think there's still question marks on that O-line, and it's going to come down to how well you can protect Trevor Lawrence. I just question 
questioned Trevor Lawrence's ability, but I need to be able to see him get it done and not spend so much time on his back, which was a huge problem for this Jags team this season. So I do think that that O-line, even though they did try to make some moves, I'm just not sure they made enough moves here to shore up that O-line. Coming up next... We'll continue to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. What should we expect from Trevor Lawrence in year two? This is Canty and Carlin. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. The trials and tribulations of parenthood, Mike Wells. Uh, it got it got us both today. It got our producer Shannon Penn as well. Uh, be warned for those of you out there considering having children. They take up a lot of your time, and they you know they they take up a lot of your energy as well, Mike Wells. Because we had a pre-show meeting earlier today, which we have every time before we do this show, Canty and Carlin. And Mike Wells spent the pre-show meeting. Were you sitting outside of school or something or sitting outside of practice in your car having to conduct this meeting that we're all trying to do? I had to conduct my meeting with my three-year-old son because he had such a toddler meltdown this morning. I couldn't even get him to camp. So there was that. Shannon Penn had to cut the meeting short because he had to take his daughter like softball or something. Like so- All of us were a mess as we were trying to do our jobs this morning. Well, it's funny because Shannon sent me, our producer sent me a text saying, hey, Ken, do you mind meeting at 11 because I have to uh, take my daughter to a volleyball workout? And so I called him because I'm trying to do better with not texting and driving. And I was like, thank you. I didn't want to sound bossy, but I was hoping we can go at 11 because I got to pick my kids up from basketball camp at noon. And the last thing I want is some kids who, who are grouchy and hungry after a two and a half hour camp while we're trying to plan and you guys see him in the background background of the Zoom on my phone. So he was like, yes, that works out perfectly. And I love seeing your son sitting on the bed. Yeah, very like, calm. Meanwhile, I had my kid in the background <laughs> of the Zoom on my computer because my son, yes, he was, he was not having it this morning. I could not get him to school. I could not get him to camp. It was a whole thing. I did not feel like dealing with the toddler meltdown this morning. Uh, so he ended up staying with mommy. And mommy had to just figure out how to do her job with the toddler, which has happened now numerous times. Shannon Penn has, has uh, my son has made numerous appearances at this point in pre-show meetings. I'm just going to start send, sending him the uh, invite, the Zoom invite for the meetings. <laughs> well, it is really ridiculous. It's hard, Mike Wells, especially when it, you don't have the child care in place. I don't have family in town that can help me. Like, it is hard. I, I will tell you this. When, when the pandemic first started and I was covering, the, you know, I covered the Colts and we were doing all interviews by Zoom and my kids were home. And my son is a diehard T.Y. Hilton fan, loves T.Y. And, you know, the way the Zoom was done, they would, they would call on you. And he knew I was talking to T.Y. And I wanted a bottle of water. He waited till they heard him say, Mike Wells, you have a question, to bring a bottle of water in so he could look at T.Y. Hilton and wave at T.Y. during the Zoom. I'm like, are you serious, kid? What in the world are you doing, man? 
This is what happens uh, when you bring children into the world. Um, but it's wonderful. It's also the best. Well, I have you guys. Ever. Well, I have both of you guys. Uh, I got to take my daughter to carpool tomorrow for volleyball. So of can we meet at did. 11 a.m. again tomorrow? <laughs> of yes. course. Oh uh, yeah, cool. sure. You know what? Let's do it. I'll try not to have my son there, but no promises. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two a Days. The Jacksonville Jaguars select Trayvon Walker, linebacker, Georgia. Since they hired Doug Peterson, it's like a complete 180-degree turn. Everybody's happy. No one's miserable. There's no dysfunction. They feel like they're getting a fresh start. The thing with Trevor, almost like hitting the reset button just a little bit, really developing his talent and allowing him to kind of showcase that on the field. NFL Two-A-Days, two teams every day as we storm towards training camp. We are in the midst of NFL two-a-days here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys. We just gave you our breakdown of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but let's bring in some help. John Shipley, he is the Jacksonville Jaguars reporter for Jaguar Report. John, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We were just having a conversation about what is the biggest strength of this team. So let's pose the question to you. What would you name as the biggest strength of this 2022-23 Jags team? Yeah, no, I really think it has to be the front seven. I think you look at the moves they've made there, you know, between taking Trayvon Walker at number one, you know, trading up to take Devin Lloyd at number 27 overall, paying both Boisade, Aluakun, and Foley Fadakasi, big money at inside linebacker and defensive tackle. And then, you know, some of the other additions that they made last year. And then, of course, you have Josh Allen, who, you know, is entering his fourth year. It's a big central money year for him. I think it's got to be the front seven. And they're, they're arguably, you know, three starter-level players deep at inside linebacker. They have five to six interior defensive linemen they really feel good about. And with Walker, you know, they feel like for the first time since – you know, they had Allen and Yannick and Gokwe together. They feel like they have two pass rushers who can really complement each other and win off the edge together. Hey, John, let's flip it to the other side now. Um, as the Jaguars get ready for the start of training camp later this month, what do you te- what do you say is the biggest question mark, biggest weakness they face heading into the season? Yeah, no, I, I think the biggest obstacle is, Without a doubt, just some of the uncertainty around, you know, some of the key players. You know, I mean, for instance, uh, I mean, for instance, the best player the last two seasons has been James Robinson. But, you know, he's coming off a torn Achilles from week 16 this season. It's really unclear when he's going to be back, what he's going to look like when he is back. But he's been such a key part of what they've done on the offense the last two years, especially on third down as a pass protector. And then Travis Etienne, you know, I know he's probably there you know, highest drafted player in fantasy football leagues. You know, he gets a lot of attention because he's a flashy, explosive player. But 
this is technically his rookie year. You know, he's going to be making his NFL debut this year. He didn't play a single regular season snap last year after getting hurt in the second preseason game. So I think just some, some uncertainty there. And then waiting to see if Trevor Lawrence can take that second year's, uh, you know, step that they need him to take that, you know, they badly need him to take. Yeah, obviously, I think most project him to be able to do so, but it's one of those things that until you see it happen, you, you know, it's just you got to wait. You got to wait for it. John Shipley, Jacksonville Jags reporter for the Jaguar Report. Let's stay on Trevor Lawrence for a moment. John, is Trevor Lawrence good? I mean, what should our expectation be realistically for Lawrence this season? Yeah, no, I, I think the expectations are for Trevor Lawrence to take that step forward. I think when you talk to people inside the Jaguars building, people that were there last year with Trevor, you know, not just the new coaches, but people who saw him as a rookie. Uh, you, you really get a sense of he has, you know, improved over the course of, you know, his rookie year to the end of the offseason. Uh, the, the one constant theme that, you know, we've heard is that he's making quicker decisions. He's getting rid of the ball quicker. Last year, it really seemed like, you know, he was a rookie quarterback who was trying to get by each week with his physical tools, you know, his athleticism, his big arm. And it seemed like at times the game was a little fast for him, you know, just in terms of decision-making and how fast some of these windows close in the NFL compared to when he was at Clemson. So I think just him taking that step forward mentally would be huge for the Jaguars. And by all accounts, that's what he's done so far. John, the Jaguars decided to get a little mature in the head coaching situation by firing the inexperienced Urban Meyer, inexperienced from a NFL standpoint. Hiring Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles, what does Peterson bring to the organization as far as trying to get them back in the right track with only one winning season since 2007? Yeah, no, I think one thing is he brings stability at, you know, the the most important part uh, of your roster. I know, obviously, every team needs a quarterback. The franchise quarterback is what every team's looking for. But if you have a failure at leadership, if you, if you have a whole – at the highest part of your organization, then the entire team's going to suffer. And that's what the Jaguars saw, you know, last year. I mean, it was just week in and week out. The team suffered because they had poor leadership from Meyer, who, you know, he wasn't prepared to be an NFL head coach. He didn't do the proper homework, and he didn't have the work ethic. And I think in Peterson, you're getting somebody who he knows exactly what to expect. You know, he's already been a head coach for multiple seasons. He was a quarterback who played in the league for a long time. He's been an offensive coordinator in the league. You know, he's worked with Andy Reid for a long time. He knows what to expect on an NFL Sunday. Last year, their coach didn't know that. You know, they, they, had, they had players on the team last year who knew the ins and outs of the NFL significantly more than their head coach. And this year, you can't say the same. You know, this year, they have a guy who, you know, at the very least, you can say knows what he's doing in a sense. John Shipley, Jacksonville Jags reporter for the Jaguar Report. John, we're up against it. We only have about a minute left. But what would Jaguar fans be satisfied with this season in terms of a record or an accomplishment from this Jags team? I think if the Jaguars win six or seven games and Trevor Lawrence has a you know, 27-28 touchdown type year where he cuts down the interceptions, I really think Jaguar fans would be happy. I mean, their best season in the last four years is a 6-10 and 10 season, and they were thrilled with that year. So I think, you know, just getting back to being a competitive team and then looking toward the playoffs, you know, down in the future. But I think, you know, getting back to being competitive, winning six or seven games, and Trevor Lawrence just looking like a franchise quarterback. 
seems like reasonable expectations, particularly when you consider all the moves that the Jags have made this offseason to try to improve. John Shipley, Jacksonville Jags reporter for the Jaguar Report. John, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. They are going to be a better team, Mike. I mean, they're going to be better, right? Now, given the bars low, I mean, (laughs) there's only one way to really go. But I do actually really like what they have done here with some of these moves and at that head coaching spot. I think they're going to be a lot better. Yeah, honestly, they can only go up. But I think the biggest influence, they're going to – they just have somebody with a winning mindset in Doug Peterson. And, I mean, when you use those draft picks to upgrade the defense, I just think there's going to be hope. There's finally hope for this organization. Last year they thought Urban Meyer was that guy. Urban Meyer couldn't handle that, the uh, the NFL, you know, uh, mind frame. He couldn't handle staying – um, doing things professional. Now they have a guy who's been there and done that, and the pieces are slowly starting to come. Get yeah, them he's, he's a few done more it wins and, and they're good. And he's done it in terms of improving quarterbacks and getting the most out of them. So that should make Jags fans feel pretty good. Coming up next, though, we go back to the NBA. Do you want to see KD back with the Golden State Warriors? That's next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.